following audio is from Crossroads Church in West Ossipee, New Hampshire. For more information about Crossroads Church, you can go to www.crossroadsossipee.com. We know we're filled with, with your spirit, Lord, and we ask that uh, you open our minds and our hearts to you, Lord, and that you enlighten your scriptures to us as we learn this morning. Amen. So the first story I'd like to <clears throat> look at is uh, Hannah in the Old Testament, the faithful mother of Samuel who didn't give up until she received an answer from the Lord. So let's turn to 1 Samuel. should be up on the board, up on the uh, projector too. So I'm going to read through that story. I know it's a little long, but if you don't read the whole story, it's, it's a little disjointed, so... So, 1 Samuel 1. There was a certain man of Ramatham Zophim of the hill country of Ephraim whose name was Elkanah, Elkanah, sorry, the son of Jeroham, son of Elihu, son of Tohu, the son of Zoph, the, the Aphrodite. He had two wives. The name of one was Hannah and the other was Peninnah. Peninnah had children, but Hannah had no children. Now this man used to go up year by year from, from his city to worship and sacrifice to the Lord of hosts of Shiloh, where the two sons of Eli, Hophni and Phinehas, were priests of the Lord. On the day when Elkanah sacrificed, he would give portions to Peninnah, his wife, and to all her sons and daughters. But to Hannah, he gave a double portion because he loved her, though the Lord had closed her womb. And her rival used to provoke her grievously to irritate her because the Lord had closed her womb. So, so it went up on year, on year by year. As often as she went to the house of the Lord, she, she used to provoke her. Therefore Hannah wept and would not eat. And Elkanah, her husband, said to her, Hannah, why do you weep? And why do you not eat? Why is your heart sad? Am I not more than, than ten sons? After they had eaten and drunk in Shiloh, Hannah rose. Now Eli, the priest, was sitting on the seat beside the doorpost of the temple of the Lord. She was deeply distressed and prayed to the Lord and wept bitterly. And she vowed a vow, saying, O Lord of hosts, if you will indeed look on the affliction of your servant and remember me and not forget your servant, but will will give your servant a son, then I will give him to the Lord all the days of his life and no razor shall touch his head. As she continued praying before the Lord, Eli observed her mouth. Hannah was speaking in her heart, only her lips moved, and her voice was not heard. Therefore Eli took her to be a drunken woman. And Eli said to her, How long will you go on being drunk? Put away your wine from you. But Hannah answered, No, my Lord, I am a woman troubled in spirit. I have drunk neither wine nor strong drink, but I have been pouring out my soul before the Lord. Do not, regard, do not regard your servant as a worthless woman, for all along I have been speaking out of my great anxiety and vexation. Then Eli answered, Go in peace, and the God of Israel grant your petition that you have made to him. And she said, Let your servant find favor in your eyes. Then the woman went, went, her, went her way and ate, and her face was no longer sad. They rose early in the morning and worshipped before the Lord. 
Then they went back to their house in Ramah. And Elkanah knew Hannah, his wife, and, she, and the Lord remembered her. And in due time, Hannah received and bore a son. And she called his name Samuel, for she said, I have asked for him from the Lord. The man Elkanah and his, and all his house went up to offer to the Lord the, the yearly sacrifice and pay his vow. But Hannah did not go up, for she said to her husband, As soon as a child is weaned, I will bring him, so that he may appear in the presence of the Lord and dwell there forever. Elkanah, her husband, said to her, Do what seems best to you. Wait until you have weaned him. Only may the Lord establish his word. So the woman remained and nursed her son until she weaned him. And when she had weaned him, she took him up with her, along with three, with a three-year-old bull, an ephah of flour, and a skin of wine. And she brought him to the house of the Lord in Shiloh. And the child was young. Then they slaughtered the bull, and they brought the child to Eli. And she said, Oh, my Lord, as, as you live, my Lord, I am the woman who was standing here in your presence praying to the Lord. For this child I prayed. And the Lord has granted, has granted me my petition that I made, that I made to him. Therefore I, therefore I've lent him to the Lord. As long as he lives, he is lent to the Lord. And he worshiped the Lord there. Um, the first thing I'd like to pull out, uh, is Hannah's persistent, heartfelt prayer. Even when she, she was in the midst of the ab, of adversity and pain, she faced rebuke from her husband's other wife, which was bad enough to begin with. And if this wasn't humiliating enough, her husband, who loved her very much, didn't understand her pain, um, and kind of brushed it away, away that he was a lot, he was just as good as 10 sons or he wasn't being very, very understanding with her um, and her priest thought she was a drunk but she continued to pray and she continued to ask God and her faith wasn't in these people it was in Yahweh Adonai the king of the universe so she kept her eyes on him and didn't stop asking until she received her answer. Hannah also believed God's answer. She didn't question it. She didn't, she didn't question God speaking through Eli. She took it as truth from her perfect, merciful God and left with a heart full of joy. Even when she had no proof of her pregnancy, she still believed God. Um... So that's, do not regard your servant as worthless, a worthless woman. For all along I've been speaking out of my great anxiety. And then Eli answered, go in peace. And the God of Israel grant your petition to you and that you have made to him. And she said, let your servant find favor in your eyes. Then the woman went her way, ate, and her face was no longer sad. So her whole countenance changed before she even had proof. Of what God had done, she believed him, and uh, her whole her whole uh, view of what was happening completely changed because of her belief. 
And the other thing, one of the other things I'd like to pull out is uh, then Hannah responds to her blessing by returning her son back to God out of her great gratitude. Um, her view of God as perfect in all ways allowed her to, re- to release her blessing, Samuel, without questioning God's plans. And this is an attribute that I, I myself want to develop, not questioning, but believing that God is perfect and loving and that he'll, he's going to do what he says he's going to do and that I don't have to worry about it. It's a good, whatever God does for me is good. We respond to God in the way that we view him. So when God answers yes to our prayers, what will we do with it? In what way will we use it to honor him? Will we use it for his glory and to tell others of the great things that he did on that day? Or will we just say thanks and move on without any change in us? Worse would be to forget what he did altogether, which many, which we actually do many times. Yeah. Remember, answered prayer is a gift not only to the individual, but to the whole church. It is to be shared for encouragement and strengthening the faith of the saints like Hannah has. So, the, And when I say great things, you know, tell the great things that God did that day, that means everything that God does. Everything. I'm not talking about the big things, you know. You know, God healed me from cancer, which is awesome. I'm, I'm not saying he did for me. <laughs> I'm using that as an example. Um, but it's every little thing. Every little thing. That's why in the mor- these Sunday mornings are so important when John or myself or Heath stand up here and say, what happened to you guys this week? Don't be afraid to share whatever it is. It, it, there's nothing. God doesn't do anything silly in our lives. He just doesn't. And it, it could be something that God's telling you to share. Um, and you're thinking, this is stupid. Nobody cares about this, you know. But somebody here does, or he wouldn't be telling you to share it. So not sharing those bless, those answered prayers is keeping it from all of us. Um, so let's, you know, we should always share those blessings. And the other thing that I went through that I just want to reiterate is when the, when the prayer was answered, it was used for God's glory. Um, you know, when we pray, Lord, uh, help me to get better this week, not have a cold. What are you going to do with it? What are you going to do with it? I mean, it doesn't seem like a big deal, but what are you going to do with the blessing? And I think God always asks that question when we're uh, when we're asking Him to to do something in our lives. He asks us, and He'll still answer prayer, no matter what your answer is. He's merciful and and, and kind, and He'll answer your prayer. But He does want to know what are you going to do with what I give you. So. Um, and the other story I would look, like to look at is when the Lord said no to the Apostle Paul when he asked for relief from affliction that was causing him pain. It was either physical or spiritual. I believe it was both. But he was being hindered in his ministry. Um, and either way, it was enough of a problem 
um, for him to pray for God to remove it. And it must have been fairly severe because we look at the rest of Paul's hardships and he accounted them so lightly at times. So this was, this was a really um, something that was really bothering him. Um, and it was for a reason, and we're going to read about that. So let's go to 2 Corinthians. Twelve one through ten. So I'm going to read that once everybody's ready. Okay. <coughs> Excuse me. All right. Second Corinthians twelve. I must go on boasting, though there is nothing to be gained by it. I will go on to visions and revelations of the Lord. I know a man in Christ who 14 years ago was caught up to the third heaven. Paul's talking about himself here. Whether in the body or out of the body, I do not know, but God knows. And I know that this man was caught up into paradise. Whether in the body or out of the body, I don't know. God knows. And he heard things that cannot be told, which man may not utter. On behalf of this man, I will boast, but on behalf... But on my own behalf, I will not boast except for my except of my weakness. Though if I should boast, though if I should wish to boast, I would not be a fool, for I would be speaking the truth. But I refrain from it, so that no one may think more of me than he sees in me or hears from me. So to keep me from being too elated by the surpassing greatness of the revelations, a thorn was given to me in my flesh a messenger of Satan, to harass me, to keep me from being too elated. Three times I pleaded with the Lord about this, that it should leave me. But he said to me, My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly of my weakness, so that the power of Christ may rest upon me. For the sake of Christ, then I am, for the sake of Christ, then I am content with weakness, insults, hardships, persecutions, and calamities. For when I am weak, I am strong. So here God, he prays. God says, no, I'm not going to heal you because you're better with what you have than without it. Um, And we've been trained by the world to think no is bad and thus by Satan for the very reason of rebellion. It all started in the garden when God said no to the tree of the knowledge of good and evil and the will. <clears throat> and we'll continue until the Lord returns and sets things right forever. Our flesh hates the word no unless we are the ones using it. We like to say no, but we <laughs> don't like to receive no. So we must allow the Holy Spirit to train us and empower us to accept it when God says no as a blessing. Paul exemplifies this in verse 9 and 10. So I'm going to reread that because it's... But he said to me, My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in your weakness. And therefore I will boast all the more gladly of my weakness, so that the power of Christ may rest upon me. For the sake of Christ, then I am content with weakness, insults, hardships, persecutions, and calamities. For when I am weak, I am strong. So Paul's saying, whatever you have from me, I'll accept because 
it makes me better. And I am a much better witness in my weakness because you can show your strength, Lord, through me. So Paul received a definite no. And after a couple of tries, he accepted God, saying, you are more like me and a better witness with the infirmity than without. Remember, God gave it to him for the sake of his own humility. So people wouldn't, wouldn't be drawn to Paul, but to God. And that's all of our, that's what we all need. That's what we all want or should want is that whenever we're doing anything that people see Christ, not us, not us. Paul was able to accept this due to his, his knowledge of God like Hannah. He believed or believes God is perfect in love and being, so he can be fully trusted with all the aspects of life, including our hardships and pain. For the sake of Christ, then I am content with weaknesses, insults, hardships, persecutions, and calamities. For I am weak. For when I am weak, then I am strong. I think of your your daughter this morning. Actually, you're going through a hard time with her. It's a person. It's a yeah. God's working through you. He's working through you. Know that. Uh, my hope, my hope is that we can learn from these two people of God, who are no different from any of us in God's eyes. We're all the same. We're no different from these people in Scripture. We always look up to, oh, he's the Apostle Paul. He was King David. They're no different than any of us. They all got up in the morning, had problems with their families, had problems out in the world, had people persecuting them. It's it's no different. So every one of these stories pertains to us as much as it does to them in every way. Um, And I'm hoping that we can learn to accept that a yes or a no from God can always be trusted. No matter what we see, no matter what's going on, um, you know, sometimes we see God doing something and it, it's going to cause major problems. But it only causes those problems for a short time and it's for a reason. And it, that's, what, that's the problem. That's why we have a hard time accepting that. We don't want to hurt. And sometimes that's part of, that's how we grow. That's how our character grows is in that hurt. In that time, that's how God works in us. It's one of his greatest tools for as a sculptor. An acceptance of his answers, it brings peace and spiritual security. And it, I, I, I have a hard time with that myself, having peace with what God says at times. No, Craig, you don't need that. But I do. They're going to come take my house away. No, Craig, you don't need it. And, it, it, and, and getting to that point where you can have peace with that answer, Paul had peace with that answer because he knew Christ better than I do. I'm working on it, trying to get there. But 
he had he was able to accept that answer because he knew that God was going to work through all those things f- for him and for the people around him. Um, so that's that's really my prayer is that we can have we can have peace with what God says, even when it looks awful, when it looks hard. If God says no, that we can have be able to um, accept that. So. Um, and I also just wanted to say that that peace and that work of the Holy Spirit cannot come without Christ. Without Christ, there is no Holy Spirit in our lives. And the only way we're going to be able to accept that is with the Holy Spirit. So that's our first step. It's getting close with Jesus. Or if you haven't accepted Jesus... Or you're in the process of accepting Jesus. Sometimes some of us takes a little while. Don't quit. Stay on that trip. Stay on that path. And just keep asking the Holy Spirit to uh, allow us, as individuals and as a church, to be able to accept um, yeses in a in a healthy way and nos in a healthy way. Because there's going to come a time when God's going to tell us no for something that we want to do as a church. And we're going to have to be able to accept that with peace. Um, and in our, in our individual lives, we're going to have to be able to accept each other's yeses and nos um, as a group if we want to, want to stay healthy as a church. So I wanted to, that's really what I wanted to share this morning. wasn't, I'm not going to go on anymore. Um, But I think it's something that we all struggle with. I think it's something, well, I do anyway, especially. (laughs) Um, I just wanted to talk about it a little bit this morning. So. If you would like to participate in the mission of Crossroads Church through financial support, checks can be mailed to Crossroads Church, Post Office Box 576, West Ossipee, New Hampshire, 03890.